Welcome to the podcast of RUF at Boston University. Let me, let me reintroduce myself. Hi, my name is Nathan, and I'm a workaholic. Um, I, I, I come to you with, with fear and trembling because this, it's really ironic that we're doing a semester on work and rest because uh, I, I struggle, I struggle with rest. Um, most of you guys go to lectures every day and you have uh, professors with PhDs and masters and degrees upon degrees. You consider them experts in their field, right? And maybe you're like, okay, well, this is another lecture. Nathan must be an expert not only in the scriptures, but also in living them out. And you would be wrong. <laughs> you would be wrong. Uh, because the difference between a, a professor and a pastor is this. Um, I am trying to lead by example in following Jesus. I struggle with rest. I often don't know how to do it very well, but I know one who is the embodiment of rest. And he says, come to me all you who are labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. So that's who I'm trying to take us to. I'm gonna share a little bit of my own struggles with it. Paul the apostle, greatest preacher probably ever, said, I boast all the more in my weakness because it's in, his, in my weakness that God's power is made clear um, and made strong. Sorry, let me, uh, I'm in low power mode on my iPad, so I'm gonna switch to my, my paper copy. Let me pray. Father, we just ask that you would uh, speak through your, your words, your word that is inspired, that uh, was written down by uh, men, carried along by the Holy Spirit. But Lord, we ask that you would just illuminate it, that you would um, enliven our hearts to know you better tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So when we talk about rest, I want to acknowledge that we're talking about several different levels. We're talking about physical rest. Uh, God cares about that. Uh, we'll talk about how he says the Lord gives to his beloved sleep. He gives to his beloved sleep. We'll talk about mental rest. Uh, we all have a lot going on. Some of us have like really noisy brains. We'll talk about that a little bit. Emotional rest, which I think includes kind of the relational uh, unrest that we feel at times. Sometimes conflict is what keeps us up at night. The other type of rest is spiritual rest. I don't know where else you hear people talking about that. Uh, that might be our focus, and you might be like wondering, like, well, when is anything going to get practical? <laughs> um, God made us as creatures that are embodied. We are embodied souls, and we're all, it's all connected. All of these things, our physical, our mental, our emotional, our spiritual, you could, you could uh, go on and on. These things are related to each other. Um, but at the deepest core of who we are is our soul. And a lot of us feel an unrest that it's, it's hard to say where it comes from and if it can be helped by any, um, anything else but God. And that's really the rest of the semester, kind of where we're going to be uh, spending some time in. How do we have rest with God and how does that give us rest in these other ways? Right? Many of you, uh, I just saw a yawn, um, feel physically tired, and I want to talk about that um, today as well. Um, uh, 
So I, I want to, I have three, I have an alliteration for you, hopefully easier to remember. Rest rejected, that's my first point. Rest refused, that's my second point. And rest received, that's my last point. So first of all, rest rejected. So this passage in Hebrews, Nadia, thank you for reading. It involves a lot of different parts of the story of scripture. And I'm going to try to help weave some of them together. Hebrews is in the New Testament, and it's referring to a lot of Old Testament. And it's referring to the Israelites who escaped slavery in Egypt. They're enslaved by the Egyptians. And they escaped uh, after the Passover. They crossed the Red Sea, and they entered into the wilderness. And for about 40-some years, they wandered through the wilderness. Um, Psalm 95, which is quoted, whenever you see those quotes um, on, on the screen, it's quoting Psalm 95, which is written by David. And he is referring to this incident that happened in the wilderness at Meribah. Now, Meribah is not like a household name. Meribah was where the people complained to God and said, we are dying of thirst. God brought us out of slavery in Egypt. I wish we were back in slavery because, you know, at least we were slaves who had a drink of water. But out here in the desert, we don't have a drink of water. And so they complained and they grumbled and they said, God has just brought us out here to die. And God heard them and he said, this is not okay but he had Moses strike a rock and water flowed out of it. And they were provided for. What the Israelites were doing there is they're doubting the goodness of God. Um, All sin in some way involves doubting the goodness of God. You start to question whether or not God is good, not just generally, but good to you. Uh, Whether or not he loves you. Um, In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, how sin came into the picture, this perfect, um, good, without sin place that they lived in, the Garden of Eden. How did it come in? Well, the serpent asked them a question. Did God really say that? Does God really want what's best for you? And so they rejected the promise of God for what they thought was going to bring them flourishing, what they thought was going to bring them life. So in both the Israelites' case at Meribah, they complained and God gave them water, and in Adam and Eve's case, they rejected the gift that God had given them, which is being like a child and resting in him. Psalm 131 says, I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Um, It's referring to our soul's state when we're in a place of trust. Like a a child in his mother's laps, lap, calm, not crying, but calm. And so when we sin, we we reject that calmness. We reject that offer for God to take care of us and provide for us. I'm going to give an example of this. Um, Physical rest. Psalm 127 And guys, I wake up pretty early, and it's usually dark outside, and this is the first thing that comes through my mind. 
It is in vain that you rise up early (laughs) and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil as I'm drinking my coffee trying to wake up. Uh, For he gives to his beloved sleep. And I'm like, "Mm, yes, he does, he does. But I have stuff to do. Um, We do this, and and guys, you would not be the first college student. This is me. Uh, I pulled multiple all-nighters as a college student. Um, We reject the gift of sleep. He gives to his beloved sleep. He loves you. He gave you a bed. He gave you a pillow. Use it. (laughs) It's a gift from God. Another uh, example. I mentioned uh, just, just feeling so much unrest, like it's just so deep inside you, you don't know what's going on. Um, Psalm 42, 5 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Um, This may surprise you, but this is incredibly relatable to me. Uh, I try to keep a good front, you know, like everybody, but I experience this sometimes. I really do. Um, One very memorable time I experienced it was on one of the most like exquisite vacations I've ever been on. Uh, we were gifted this, uh, this vacation home that was just this huge villa in St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands. And this thing, uh, you know, is private entrance gated, like this long driveway, beautiful gardens. And it was this like Dutch colonial tile roof villa, uh, white stucco. And then you go out, you open these double doors, and it's this beautiful view of the ocean. You can see the sunrise and the sunset. It's on the cliffs. It's like bachelor, bachelorette style destination. Uh, We did not deserve to be there. We could not afford to be there if it had not been a gift. Uh, But I was with there with my my family. Did I mention there was an infinity pool? Um, (laughs) it It was paradise, as they say, right? And... For whatever reason, and there, there, there was a lot going on, I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. I was bitter. I was irritable. Um, and it, it showed. I was, I was moody. I was brooding. I was not fun to be around. And my wife graciously uh, confronted that. She's like, hey, what's, what's going on? Like, you're, you're not doing okay. We're in this beautiful place, Nathan. Um, and I remember instead of receiving that and being like, yeah, you're right, you're right. I'm having trouble like resting. There's something going on. I complained, I blamed, and I was generally just like a pill. And I remember, you know, after that confrontation, going up to our porch, which again, overlooking a cliff, beautiful ocean, and sobbing. Just sitting in a chair and just being like, what is wrong with me? I'm in paradise, but it feels like hell. It feels like hell. What's wrong with me? Why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. So this is, this is another example of just how we're surrounded by God's gifts, God's beauty. I was rejecting this rest, right? I was rejecting saying, no, this is, this is not what I need. I was saying, God, I know what I need. I need something else, and I need everything to be my way. And I wasn't able to rejoice in what he had given us, enjoy the gifts of the family that I was with. 
of the beautiful location I was in. Was unable to appreciate God, to praise him. But that psalm, Psalm 42.5, the next line of that verse is, Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. Hope in God. Though we may experience unrest, sometimes not related to our own sin or rejection of God's gifts, though we may grow tired mentally, emotionally, even deep within our souls, God is still good. God is always good. And yet we reject him. We reject his gifts. Whether you are in the Garden of Eden, the wilderness like the Israelites, or in St. Thomas, the temptation to reject the truth of God's goodness is there. So, secondly, rest refused. Back to Hebrews. Um, When Israel hardened their hearts and despaired of God's provision, how did God respond? Well, it says in in a rather disturbing line, I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Some explanation is helpful here. So God is referring to a certain generation of Hebrew people who would not cross over the Jordan River into the promised land. They would literally not enter this place of rest, this shalom, this this, uh, peaceful uh, land that they were promised. They would literally die before they would enter that. And so what the writer of Hebrews is using this, he's using this as what's called a type, typology, to say that this was uh, symbolizing something larger and that would have fuller meaning later on in the history of Israel. And um, what that is, is he says it's the, the Sabbath rest or the eternal rest of God, meaning our heavenly rest, our heavenly dwelling, the heavenly promised land, heavenly paradise. So God refused literally refused to allow this generation of Israelites, including Moses, to enter into the promised land. Um, But just in case you're wondering, they may have still had faith in God and in his promises. This is not saying that their souls did not enter the rest, but they they literally physically did not enter the promised land. Um, But the refusal of rest applies in a similar way. So he refused. He said, Moses, you're not going in. You sinned against me. You rejected my gift. You questioned my goodness. Um, he said, but there will be a generation that will go in. They will enter my rest. Um, this applies to us in this way. We have the opportunity to enter the heavenly rest of God. Right? The, uh, the eternal rest the heavenly rest, one day when Jesus returns. What is the alternative to this? The alternative to this is the opposite of rest, eternal unrest. Uh, It may surprise you that that Jesus himself speaks of the uncomfortable truth of hell more than we might realize. And In Matthew 13, 42, he describes hell as a, a fiery furnace where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, Revelation 14, 11 says the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. And get this, they have no rest, day or night. The stakes are high. 
um, as high as we can imagine. Um, and there will come a day when there are no more second chances. These are unavoidable truths of Scripture. And guys, I, I want to say the reason I'm talking about this is because I think when we face this, and we say this is the opposite of the eternal rest of God, then we are able to see the magnificent beauty of God's grace. That he is saying to us now today, tonight, if you hear his voice, his voice in scripture tonight, that be you, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. There's still a chance. Lastly, rest received. What went wrong with rest is what went wrong with everything, right? You, you may make it a pattern here. <laughs> uh, sin uh, corrupted. Uh, the consequences of that are death. How can we be saved? What's the good news? Hebrews 4, 8 through 10. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. So now we come back to what we talked about last week, the seventh day of creation. God rested from his works. You see, the writer of Hebrews is picking up on this. Uh, but this is not a rest from fatigue for God. It was an eternal state of satisfaction. Right? This, this goodness, this um, place of being at rest. God at rest. Now, he mentions Joshua as well. I told you there's a lot of different stories weaving together. Joshua was the commander of the Lord's armies. He, he kind of succeeded uh, Moses as the leader of God's people. Now, in Hebrew, Yehoshua, Joshua, means God's, God is deliverance, right? So you, you see the, the theme here. Jo Joshua is bringing his people into the promised land, delivering them into the promised land. But this was not eternal rest. The promised land, the land of Israel, was not the final destination for God's people. There is a spiritual truth here. There would come a second, greater Joshua, one greater even than Moses, who would deliver God's people once and for all out of slavery to sin, out of the jaws of eternal death, and into eternal rest. And his name is Yeshua. Deliverer, Jesus. Jesus is the one greater than Joshua who can bring us into the heavenly rest of God. He can finally defeat sin and death. I want you to notice the, the tenses, if you can uh, maybe pull it up on the screen again, the verses 8 through 10. Um, there are a lot of different tenses going on here. So it says another day later on, meaning future tense. Um, and then there remains a Sabbath rest, meaning it has not come yet. This is verse nine for the people of God. And then in verse 10, for whoever has entered God's rest, I believe that's a past perfect. Am I right? Um, whoever has entered, meaning already entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. So what, what's going on here? There's something that is future and that is already. This is the tension we live in as Christians. 
we, by faith in Jesus, Christians receive God's rest now. Spiritually, it's full, 100%. Do we experience that? No. We are still sinners. We are still on our way towards a future ultimate rest. So the, the rest of God is already and not yet. Can you guys say that? Already and not yet. Already and not yet. Remember that. There's something that's already that you can experience now through the Holy Spirit. There's also something not yet that we hope for as Christians. So what do we do with this? Well, we rejoice in Jesus. We don't reject him lest we too be rejected. We receive him in our hearts by faith. We know that he is our savior. We know that we have more and more rest to receive from him. But we also receive the good gifts of rest that he has given to you with, with thanksgiving to him, right? The, the pillow, uh, the comfort of friends that bring you just refreshment that no other people can. Uh, weekends, Sabbath, the worship with God's people is so restful, it's so recharging. Um, mental health, counseling, uh, the many gifts of common grace that he gives you in order to give you rest. Do not reject these. God is good. He wants you to experience rest. I, um, I'm still learning to rest, as I said at the beginning. Uh, last month, my wife and I and my two boys went on a vacation. It was not to St. Thomas. It was to Florida. Uh, There's no cliff. Uh, we were not in a private place. It was very packed with a lot of other houses, but it was still beautiful. Um, and there was something different. Um, we were able to go on like just simple bike rides as a family, um, just the four of us. And I was able to just say, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that, you know, something simple as a bike ride uh, when the weather's nice. <laughs> um, and then I was also able to, uh, when my boys nap, which is like two and a half hours every afternoon, I napped. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Um, I hope you, like me, are growing and receiving the rest of God. Heavenly Father, we just ask for that, that you would help us to receive your rest. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we ask that you would give us more and more of an experience of you and the eternal rest that we have now already, but not yet. We pray this in Jesus' name.